one thing I've, I've learned in life is that God is interested in every part of our lives. He's interested in our families, in our health, in our work, our finances. Every part of our life, God is interested. Uh, probably a lot of the things I didn't mention as well. He's interested in all, every part of your life and my life. And, you know, I, we need to believe today, friends, that God wants the best for you. That he wants to increase your life. He wants life to get better and to go upwards for you. You know, if, if we start off uh, as, as a believer thinking that God somehow wants to diminish our lives or somehow take something from us, we're, we're not only are we missing the point, but we're actually, we've got a, a, a view of God that's way too small. Because I want to tell you, God doesn't want to take anything from you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give things to you. He wants to get his resources into your hands so that you can prosper and you can be a blessing to others. Is that right? That's what the Bible says. God says, promise to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. That's exactly what God wants to do. And I really believe that I'm committed to that view about God. And so a few weeks ago, um, I started a, a series of messages called God, Money and Me. Uh, and and uh, we talked about some of the myths about money uh, that people have that the Bible clearly just debunks. Uh, we talked about some of God's uh, ideas about stewardship, being a good manager of our finances. And this morning I want to finish that series and talk about being a kingdom builder uh, that means using God's resources to build the kingdom of God. I want to share with you about that this morning because it's really, I believe, a, a significant thing for us in, in our life. God wants to release something into our lives, into your life, to, to bless you. But also, as part of that, it's about building His kingdom because God is a builder. God is a great builder. And uh, I just love that thought. So we're going to look at uh, the book of Haggai, uh, an Old Testament prophet. Um, and he's a guy that God raised up and God made him a prophet so that he could speak to the people who were, had gone back to uh, the nation of Israel to, to rebuild the place. It had been broken down, it had been destroyed. And God said, uh, I'm gonna, you, you people can go back there, we're going to rebuild it again. It's, it's actually such a profound picture of the way that God rebuilds our lives when we get broken down. You know, I, I don't know about you, but all of us go through situations in life where Things go bad. Things, things, things aren't great. You know? And God wants to rebuild and restore and remake like a beautiful picture in the Bible of a, of a broken piece of pottery or, or a, uh, that, that God it says he puts it back on the wheel and the potter remakes and refashions and restores again. And so that's what God wants to do in our lives. <coughs> so um, the people of God were, had come back to the nation of Israel to restore that country again. And uh, let's re but what had happened is they got a bit, so they got sidetracked, okay? They got distracted. Uh, when they went back there, they started, they, got, they built their own houses and they, they were, you know, living in quite nice houses at that stage. But, but the temple, the house of God wasn't being built. And so God raised up the, the, the prophet Haggai to prophesy and speak to the people and say, Get on with it. Get on with the job of building the house of God. you got your own houses. They're looking pretty good. That's great. you you got everything all organized there. That's good. Get on with building the house of God. And so 
This is, this is what happened. This is explaining what happened. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of these two guys, Zerubbabel. Everyone say that? Zerubbabel. You can say that. <laughs> and Shealtiel, governor of Judah. And he sparked the enthusiasm of this other guy, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak. The names aren't critical for us this morning. And the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people, they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's army. So what we're talking about here is that God got the people mobilized again to come and build the house of God and to make it work. We're talking about being a kingdom builder today. So, you know, these people, they, um, they, they were kind of just going along with the flow and God was stirring them up and saying, I don't want you to be a consumer. I don't want you to be a passenger on this journey. I want you to be a builder. And they did. They got involved and they started building the house of God. Here's some things about being a kingdom builder this morning that I want to share with you um, that I think are relevant to where we're at today as a church. Number one, kingdom builders understand the significance and the power of partnership, being a partner with God. I think he wants us to partner with him to become a kingdom builder. So in, in Haggai's day, the, the, this passage that we just read, the prophet Haggai, in his day, the people were getting on board with what God was doing. It wasn't their idea. It was God's idea, and they were becoming partners. They were getting on board with what God was doing. And, you know, friends, that principle of partnership continues today exactly the same. It's exact. God wants us to partner with him in what he is doing. And it's so easy, isn't it, to be taken up, consumed with our own lives. I'm not going to ask anyone to put up their hands, but... How easy is it to just think that the whole world revolves around my little world and my problems and my, you know, finances and my family and my this and my, my work and everything else? We often look that way, don't we? And there's plenty of encouragement to actually think that way. But actually God says, I want you to look up and see a bigger picture. We're going to come to that a bit later on this morning. So principle of partnership. God's creative power and our energy is working together to do something great, something great for the kingdom of God. That's what God wants to do. And you know, partnership that I'm talking about here, it's more than just doing things for God. It's about allowing God's resources to flow through us, being a channel for His provision to flow into what He's doing. And I, as I was thinking about this, um, you know, every time God did something really great in the Old Testament, there was always people there that were part of the process because he always uses people. Think about this. When Moses built the tabernacle or the Moses built this big tent thing called a tabernacle when the people of Israel were out in the wilderness. And uh, what happened is he stirred up the hearts of the people to, to give and to, to contribute to that, to basically resource that building project in fact, they did. They, they started giving. And uh, there's a whole story behind this, which we haven't got time to go into this morning. But they were pretty well off, actually, even though they're out and wandering around the desert. If you know the story, you know that basically the wealth of the wealthiest nation on earth came into their hands before they left where they were. And here they are. They're walking around in the desert. They've got, anyway, they were well off. And so Moses says, hey, you people, you need to, you know, donate some stuff. We're going to build a house of God. And 
and they, they started giving. And if you read the book of Exodus, it says there, at some point Moses said, hey, that's enough. You can stop bringing stuff now because we've got everything we need. He actually had to stop them from giving. They gave so much. So God not only put it in Moses' heart to build this amazing uh, worship house for God, but he also put it in the hearts of the people to give to make it happen at that stage. What about a bit later on when Solomon came? God, God spoke to Solomon. I want you to build a temple which is like a big stone, a big, big timber. And, and it was an amazing stone building that uh, Solomon built, much, much bigger. And uh, at the same time, he also put that in the heart of a Phoenician king called Hiram, king of Tyre to bring building materials for this temple. And you've heard of the famous cedars of Lebanon. That's where they all came from. God put it in the heart of this guy to provide building materials for the building of the temple. And so it all happened. What about later on when the nation uh, was being rebuilt again in the same time of that scripture I put up on the, on the screen, um, uh, when uh, God raised up a guy called Nehemiah to lead this building process, at the same time, at the very same time, God put it in the heart of a, uh, a pagan king who happened to be a king of most of the known world at that stage. And uh, he said, a guy called Cyrus, king of Persia, we can put the scripture up there, and says, uh, God said to Cyrus, you're, you're going to rebuild my house in that country over there. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Hey, that's pretty unusual. That would be like, um, no, I don't, I don't want to name anybody, but someone who's got nothing to do with this church, okay? Um, think of someone that you know that's, that's pretty well off, uh, locally or not. You know, like, uh, let's say, no, no, I won't, think of any, I won't mention any names. Um, uh, Steve Jobs, someone like, you know, like that or someone from, he's passed away now, I know. But, um, some, some well-off person saying, oh, we'll, we'll come and buy a church building for you. God told me to go and pay for it for you. That'd be, that's, that's what that was like. Some guy who had nothing to do with Israel, he said, I'm going to go and build a temple for you, guys, for you people. Um, God does that. God raises up people. You know, we had an amazing experience years and years ago when we were living in far north Queensland. And I've told this story a number of times before, but we were about to leave there in Atherton where we lived to come down to Stanthorpe and plant a church. God spoke to us really clearly to do that. And uh, just before we left... Uh, this lady came up to us with a box of groceries and we didn't know anything about this and, and she, just, she just gave us the groceries. She said, God told me to tell you that when you go down to plant this church, he is going to meet your needs. He's going to provide for you and he's going to use whoever he wants to do to, use, to do that for you. And it was just an incredible prophetic uh, symbolism that God was going to do something powerful. And guess what? God did that. God provided for us in remarkable ways when we went down there to plant that church. And so it was an incredible thing. When God puts it in the heart of someone to do something, he's always putting it in the heart of other people to provide for that and to resource that provision. He's always speaking to people's hearts about provision for the vision that he has for his kingdom and for his people. The second thing about kingdom builders 
is that they understand that God's resources are a river, not a pie. You've heard of that thinking before. Some people think that, you know, resources are always limited. Everything's always limited. If you're a parent here today, um, you know that uh, you've got to be, you've got to manage uh, the leftovers that you have in the fridge. Now, just imagine um, you've made this beautiful apple pie and there's a piece left and it's, uh, it's in the fridge somewhere. Now, you know it's in there, right? You know that this piece is there. In fact, you've probably been moving it around a bit to sort of hide it for a few days or so. And you know someone has got to eat that piece of apple pie. But there's a couple of other people actually have their eye on it as well. How do you manage that process without, and to avoid World War Three? you know? Here's a little trick. You've got to say, if there's a couple of people who want the pie, you've got to say, one person can cut the pie and the other person can choose. It's the only way to do it, you know, because otherwise you have these fights. So when you, get, when you say, okay, you can cut and you can choose, you can guarantee that it's going to be cut down the middle exactly, right? It's right, right down the middle. It's the way, if you didn't know that, that's how you do it. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, it's a great lesson in putting other people before yourself, actually, as well. But um, if we can think, it's, it's not hard to think that life is like that all the time, that everything is always so limited and we've got to be careful. You know, there's, uh, you've got to get your slice of the pie. Everything's limited. Well, guess what? Some, some things in life are actually uh, like that, and we've got to be careful. We've got to be good stewards and good managers of things, and so on. But in the in God's economy, in God's kingdom, His resources are unlimited, and He wants us to understand that He has got sources and ways of providing that we couldn't actually imagine or couldn't think of in God's economy. You know, when you when you're when you're tapping into God's economy, you are fishing in a much bigger pool. I really believe that. Um, you're not limited to by what you see around you. I mean, we've just, we've just had a federal election and there's been a lot of talk about the budget and the debt and all these sort of thing, things. And maybe you've seen uh, breakdowns of the budget and how everything gets spent. That's all great. That's all, that's all the economy at a natural level. God has an economy and he's got ways of meeting needs that you haven't thought of and I haven't thought of because he's God and we're not. You know, sometimes when you're in business, um, you have to take risks. Sometimes you've got to step out. Maybe I've had a bit to do with product development over the years. And, and uh, maybe, you, maybe you're uh, about to launch into a new market. Or maybe you're about to launch a new product, for example. And so, uh, you know, and that's, that's fair enough. That's a great thing to do. Uh, hopefully you don't do both of those two things at the same time. But... Um, when you, you do that, you tick all the boxes. You've got to do your market research. You've got to make sure you're, you know, everything's working well and everything's going to work for you. Tick all the boxes, but then that's when you really start to pray and you trust God because ultimately God is the one who's going to prosper you and bless you in your life. And so that's when we start to pray. The reason is because you're fishing in a bigger pool when you get into God's economy. There's a large church in, in Toowoomba, a large charismatic church here in Toowoomba that um, was about to embark on a building program. This is a few years ago now, a building project. And they'd bought a block of land, a large block of land. And at the same time, 
uh, it was um, nothing to do with the building project, but they were going through some issues with the denomination that they were a part of. And so um, they were ha- they, it, it, it turned out that they ended up leaving the denomination that they'd belonged to all for years, many years. And so the denomination said, okay, um, sure, you can leave, that's okay, but we're going to take all the assets. We're going to take that assets that you've got. So they were left out. They just bought a block of land. Now they didn't have it. And so they had to buy the block of land again. They had to buy it back, what they'd already paid for once before, and then build a building on it. And so they were short by about $2.7 million of this project. Um, They're a bigger church than we are. And so um, as they were praying about this, what are we going to do? They were praying, and the pastor gets a phone call. Uh, I know this story because he told me personally some years ago. Um, He gets a phone call. Some guy he didn't know says, uh, want to have a coffee with you. And uh, this guy who was unknown and and was a visitor, just visiting the area, heard about this. And he said, "Um, I want to pay for you, I think. So I'm not sure if he paid the whole lot or just a very large contribution, but he might have put a big contribution in to make that work. And I want to, the the point of the story is this, friends, that God has got resources that you don't know about and I don't know about. And what he wants us to do is put our trust in him and get into a flow of his economy, God's economy. Some of you here in this room today, I know, have experienced what I'm talking about in the past. And we've certainly, Dale and I, we've certainly experienced it many times in our life. Uh, There's lots and lots of stories I could tell you about that. I believe that God wants to enlarge your capacity. He wants to enlarge your life and your capacity in this area. And so when God spoke to the people through this prophet Haggai and stirred up their spirit and sparked the enthusiasm of the people, they came and they built the house of God. It's what was happening. Let's read this next verse in Haggai. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and they will come with all their treasures. How about that? God said he's going to bring financial provision into the church. Um, And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of the house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Two things. He says the latter will be greater than the former. Well, it's interesting because the building that they were building, they'd already laid the foundations when this was all happening. They'd, They'd made a start on the project. And it was very small compared to what the temple had been previously under Solomon. In fact, it was pathetic. And in fact, if you read the Old Testament prophets of Nehemiah and Ezra, there's in one place in Ezra where it says that when the people saw the foundations of the building, the old, the old people that knew what the previous one looked like, it says they were weeping and crying because it looked so pathetic compared to what they'd previously had. It wasn't great. Here's the prophet Haggai saying, Hey folks, what God is doing here is going to be way more awesome than the previous one. What's he talking about? He's talking about us. He's talking about the church. He's talking about what God... is going to do in a future generation, which is us right here. 
right now. Second thing about this is God says the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And what he's saying there is you need to know that I've got the resources to make it happen. I've got what you need when you need it. So God is not short and he wants us to understand that, that he has the provision. God says, I've got the resources. He says, I've got this. God says, I've got this. And kingdom builders know how to be a conduit for God's resources. That giving, you just make yourself a conduit for God's resources. Last thing, kingdom builders see the bigger picture. They know that God is doing something bigger than what they can see right there at the moment. They look outside themselves and they know that God is doing something bigger. This week, uh, Dell and I were at a, 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 some meetings uh, where the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, which we now call Australian Christian Churches, the, the general superintendent, the head guy in England was one of the speakers. And the interesting thing about it was he grew up in Toowoomba. In fact, his father, his father was the pastor of the church that owned this building and met here. For about 10 years, he was in this building as a 10-year-old, as a young teenager. He grew up in this building running around annoying people as a 10-year-old. And, and then, and I mean, he would tell you that because he was, he was a bit of a terror as a kid. But uh, hi, Glenn, if you're watching today. Um, and he came and visited on Wednesday. We were in the office here. Trish, you were here and Paul. And, uh, and he came and he came in and saw, this is amazing. It's my old church, you know. Now he's the leader of a movement of hundreds of probably thousands of churches in England. He told this story, he said, because he's pretty connected to what's happening in Europe. And he said, about Ukraine. Ukraine, as everyone knows, Ukraine's you know, going through a terrible time right now. And about 7 million people have actually left the country. Many more have been displaced within, but about 7 million have actually left Ukraine and uh, have gone throughout everywhere in, in Europe. And he said, Vladimir Putin is an atheist. But what he's not accounting for is that Ukraine actually is the cradle of Christianity in Eastern Europe. And he said, where those people have gone throughout Europe, thousands of churches have already been planted where they've gone, out through, uh, throughout Europe, because of this movement, this massive movement of people. Like that's, I don't know, the population of New South Wales or something. Oh, that's, that's a lot of people, 7 million people. And so... Um, Here's the point. You know, we can look at something and say, this is, uh, this is terrible. This is a disaster. And it certainly is. But who knows? God is doing something that we just don't see. We just don't know. And he wants us to lift our eyes up a little bit and realize that there's always a bigger picture. There's always something God is doing outside the scope or the vision that we have around about us. I was thinking about this in, in connection with... Um, child sponsorship actually I was just looking at our fridge we sponsor a couple of children and uh, just looking at our fridge the other day I always talk about fridges don't I I don't know why and thinking you know it's it's like that because it, you've got to have a bigger picture view of the world to be a, a sponsor of children in other impoverished countries you know because you could say to yourself or someone could say well what benefit does that do for you how is that going to help you well, the simple answer is, probably isn't really, if you want to think in very pragmatic kind of terms. But however, it's a real benefit in those countries, if you want to be pragmatic about it. But here's the point. When you do that, 
you become a bigger person on the inside because you are giving something away that's no direct benefit to you. It's what God does, isn't it? God does that all the time. But you become a bigger person when you do that. And so what I'm saying is you get a bigger view of the world and you realize that, hey, God is doing something bigger. You become a bigger picture person when you do that. And every time you do that, you know, there is a sacrifice involved. It involves a sacrifice, sure. You're giving money away, actually. And um, I think whenever we get involved in what God is doing, there's always some sacrifice. But you've got to see the bigger picture of what God is doing. In the Bible, in 2 Samuel, there's a story about King David. I love King David. And uh, there was a time when he wanted to build an altar. He needed to build an altar to offer some offerings and some sacrifices to the Lord. And he comes to this place and, and there's a guy called Arona. You can see it up on the screen. And uh, he says, uh, Arona says to him, well, why have you come, my Lord, the king? Why have you come? And he said, I want to buy your, your threshing floor. You know, they used to thresh the grain. I want to buy this place so I can build an altar and offer a sacrifice to God. And Arona, who owned it, said, Zana, no, my king, you can take it, have it, it's all there. Everything you need is all here to offer the sacrifice. Just take it, let's take it. It's all. And David said, no, I've got, to, I've got to buy it from you for a good price. I'm not going to offer God, my God, sacrifices that are no sacrifice. I'm not going to offer him a sacrifice that didn't cost me something. So... You know, whenever you do something for God, God is always wanting to do something great in the midst of that. But there's always going to be a cost to that. I, I remember when we went, we moved up to Atherton. Um, you know, we, 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 um, there, was, there was a cost involved in that. Uh, we just built a new house. Uh, we had a thriving business. We had a couple of young children at the time. And, uh, and, and we, we had to up stakes and, and we didn't have to. We, we, God spoke to us and said, I want you to go there and do that. And there was a cost, but God was doing something amazing in the middle of all of that. And so I just want to say to you this morning, friends, that there's always a cost, but God is doing something great in the midst of it. Let's read the next verse from Haggai, chapter 2, verse 18. Think about this. The 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I am giving you a promise, God says to the people, now, while the seed is still in the barn, it was the time of year when they were about to plant their crops, but they hadn't planted them yet. Now, you've got to keep in mind, this is an agrarian society. These are people who are basically everyone was a farmer, right? There were people who were traders and people who did various things and builders and so on, but pretty much everyone was a farmer. Um, and they hadn't planted their crops yet. While the seed is still in the barn, You've not yet harvested your grain or your grapevines and all those things haven't come to, haven't produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. And so what God is saying is, you people, now they've just started. They said, okay, we're going to go and build the house of God. We're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to actually get on board and we're going to do what God is calling us. They got their heart right and they said, okay, let's, let's build this thing. Let's build the house of God. And God says, this is God's answer. He says, you know, you haven't yet even started to, to plant your crops. You haven't harvested any crops yet. But I want you to know that I'm going to bless you right now. And my blessing is on you right now. And I really believe that, folks, that when we get in bo on board with what God is doing, 
That's the place of blessing. That's the place of God's provision. It's, the, it's where you start to see miracles. That's where you start to see God's provision and blessing in your life. So, you know, we've all been given gifts that are opportunities to serve God. And here's the question today. What, what am I going to do with the gifts and abilities God's put in my life, with the things that I can, I can do for God? Now, for some people, it, it might be leading someone to Jesus. And I know there's people here in this room today that, that you know, you really feel motivated in that area. It's, it's like a gift or a special ability in your heart. Numbers of you, I know. Uh, you, you love doing that. That's awesome. I, I wish we all would do that. Lead someone else to Jesus. It's a great thing. Maybe for some others, it might mean uh, serving in the community. There are others here today that are, that, that's your, you know, your passion is serving in the community. A great thing. Maybe for other people, it might be serving in church. And you know, that's a wonderful thing to do as well. We should, we can all at some level do that. Maybe for some people, it's going beyond in the area of giving to what God is doing. And, and that's a great thing. And I actually believe that God will, is, is raising up people even in our midst here. Uh, that that's your thing. You know, you want to, uh, you sense a, a stirring in your heart to be able to provide and finance what God is doing in the kingdom of God. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Can we have our creative team to come back, please, um, for a few moments? But whatever God is speaking into your heart, uh, I want to encourage you this morning to be a kingdom builder and to commit yourself to, to building God's kingdom. Because let's face it, friends, we all at some time in our life, we're all going to, we will come to the end of our life, right? Uh, and we all have an expiry date, all of us, don't we? And so, but, but God's kingdom is an eternal. And uh, I, I love that old saying, you know, that says only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. And so I, I, I want to be doing those things. I want to be doing things that are going to last for eternity. Let's, we can think about providing a legacy and, and so on in our life. And that's great. But we want, I, I want a legacy that's going to last forever, which is an eternal legacy of what God is doing uh, through me. And, and I'm sure through you as well. Praise God. Why don't we just close our eyes for a moment because uh, I want us to pray. I want to pray for you today.